This podcast is brought to you by Audible. Visit audibletrial.com slash CSR to download your free audiobook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash CSR for a free audiobook. And by The Country Squire. Visit thecountrysquireonline.com to discover custom pipes, handcrafted blends, and unparalleled customer service. Thecountrysquireonline.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you, sir. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing really well, man. It's uh, Daylight Savings Time is over. We have officially fallen back. I know. And uh, yeah, man, I've fallen back in love with my pipe. Dude. It's, uh, it's that time of year. Where you get it's just, a whole extra hour of the day. I, I, I do. I, to smoke my pipe. It's yeah. been great. Yeah, dude. I, it's funny. I've been really, uh, you know, with the weather just kind of cooling down here in the south a little bit, it's starting to get more pleasant to sit on the porch and our state bird the mosquito is kind of uh you know in hibernation a little bit and so not not quite full hibernation yet it's still still flapping its wings some but um yeah man i've been been sitting on the patio smoking a lot of my pipe and it's uh it's been really pleasant man you mentioned the daylight savings and uh you know we're, we're church going folk if you listen to this show you know this about us and i don't know about you but in the past i have used the daylight savings as an excuse to go to what do they call it? Bedside Baptist. Bedside Baptist. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah and, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I remember in college, be like, "Oh, it's daylight savings. I, I slept through it." Or if it was like this last past time, yeah. So you, you fall back. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So I mean, you really you, your your best excuse then is like, "Oh, well, I I woke up, but then I was like, oh, well, I have an extra hour, so I'll just like get an extra hour of sleep, but then I slept in.' Yeah. I mean, yeah. at what point are you stretching this to like you need more confession? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. It, it, it it's kind of unsettling, though. I'll be honest. When I leave the shop, you know, it's uh, it's six o'clock. The shop closes, and uh, I do my kind of last minute things, and then we, you know, leave the shop, and it's six thirty, and it's yeah. pitch black outside. And I'm like, man, I just. I, I don't know. I have trouble getting on board with that. I know. I, I'd, I'd like for, you know, if, if there are people that would would be out there that would not like it to be daylight savings time all year, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from you because I, I just, I, I mean, why can't it be the just daylight savings time all year where it's just always, it's always bright. It's always bright. Well, it's you know, always bright. I don't know, man. I, I like the, the darker, uh, stepping out this, uh, after when you were closing down the shop and I was stepping out, I was just kind of enjoying my pipe for the last moments. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know the coolness of the evening and and the dark, uh, you know, just the darkness kind of surrounding you as you're puffing your pipe. I don't know. I th- that's for me. That's that's the perfect hour. I already I, have I like a lot. I already have plenty of darkness surrounding me. I don't need any help <laughs> from the sun. <laughs> oh my! Well, hey, you know what? Here's a little brightness to you. Have you accepted John David Cole as your personal tobacconist and podcaster? You know. Um, yeah, you've become a meme. <laughs> you have become a meme. I may have become a meme. Yeah, I I, I can't say I'm in full support of said meme, and and, and I have. I have threatened on a few occasions to, to either to either shave my head or my beard. But, Thousands, uh, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. That's where we're at. And so I I, I appreciate that you have accepted uh, me as your tobacconist and 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 podcaster. Um, I, I I will share my tobacco with you. Blessed are the listeners, so they come onto you. Yes. Yeah. No. I. I <laughs> Look, if you don't know what you're talking, what we're talking about, uh, head over to the Facebook page, and we posted it on Twitter as well. But thousands, literally thousands of people saw the uh, 
the uh, have you accepted John David Cole meme that we created. I'm just going to have based on this beautiful photo no, taken no, no, by Wes Brown. T- taken by our friend Wes and, you know, in, in, in Austin, Texas. And, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I have I have brown hair. It's kind of shoulder length, and uh, with the facial hair, it kind of goes together. And you know, there, there's a you know one uh, Bethlehemite that people sometimes compare me to. And I'm just saying, you know, those are just pictures. We don't really know what he looked like. At I'm all. just saying the t-shirts are coming as I, soon as I figure I'm out against how to. It. Put I'm against your all face. of it. I'm against all of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm just I, I'm gonna I'm settle this by wearing my hair in a uh, in a in a tail or a bun more often. No, don't do the bun. I, no, the man bun mm-hmm. is 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 acceptable. No. Nope. Nope. Um, and so I, I will uh, I will remedy this by doing that and maybe trimming the beard up a little bit. We we're um, we're going to put this meme to bed. It was too good to put it out there. <laughs> what I love is that it's just taken likes. So be sure to check that out on the Facebook page. If I, I, I did have I did have a, uh, a a friend of the show text me uh, after that went out, and he said, "If you're tobacco Jesus, I think I'm to the tobacco devil." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, good stuff, man. Hey, uh, we, we should uh, we should actually talk about some legitimate news that's going on. Yeah, um, what's hey, going on? Well, we, you know, of course, we got this upcoming. We mentioned it last couple of episodes, but we can uh, officially say it's this week. We've got the Long Smoke competition coming this week on Friday night. That's right. This Friday night, Jackson Pipe Night 2015. Uh, we'll be at the Country Squire at 6.30 p.m. Central. Uh, be there. It costs 25 bucks to get in at the door. Uh, if you're a student, that's $20. But uh, yeah, free drinks, uh, food, live music, uh, popsicles provided by Deep South Pops. Our friends at Cups Coffee House next door are sponsoring as well as as well as our flagship banner sponsors, uh, Near Up Pipes of Denmark, uh, Daverin Pipes uh, of Croatia, and then also Rocks Pipes of, of right here in Jackson, Mississippi. Wow. So, uh, yeah, man, got some good good stuff going. Got some uh, uh, fun things to announce in the next couple of days that uh, will be a part of that. And, uh, yeah, we're fired up. Should be good. People have been practicing, man. Practicing, uh, practicing their you know long smoke time. So you got to get you got to get the pack right. You got to get the tamp right. You got to tamp that ash. Got to tamp the ash. Got to tamp the ash. Look, let me tell you something. Speaking that's, of t-shirts and memes, that's what I learned from uh, from the whole New Orleans trip. I'm I'm ready. In fact, yeah. today yeah, have, you, have you practiced something? Yeah, in fact, I was yeah. I was practicing today at the shop, and I'm feeling really really confident. And um, man, I I'm just saying. Oh, Bo York's going to take his revenge this time. Yeah, you think you got it down? I think I've got it down. So you will not win the uh, second seashell trophy? No. Look, I, and I <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't intend to win. I just think that uh, if, if I can do over 10 minutes, yeah. I feel I feel good if I can kind of push it closer to around 15. Between 15 and 20 well, is kind look, of I my mean, we were in like tropical goal. storm weather in doggone you know, New Orleans. That's and you, right. And you kept it going for over 20. So, yeah, well done, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I think we're. I think I'm in a good good place. And actually, the, the blend that you have is so delicious. I mean, I was even kind of tweaking it a little bit, and which is probably not good because that's not good for practicing. But I, I was enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, if you're in town and got an extra 25 bucks, uh, come on Friday night, join us and uh, we'll have a good time. You know, John David, from time to time on the show, we like to not only uh, showcase different pipes and various pipes and tobaccos and carvers and, and companies and such, but we like to focus on unique pipe smokers themselves that are doing some really, really cool things. That's right. And this episode is no exception. In fact, on the line right now, we've got Russ Hicks, uh, a listener of Country Squire Radio, and also a unique pipe smoker in his own right. Russ, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, guys, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) What are you smoking tonight? Oh, I'm actually in my office, but I was just smoking uh, some McClellan's uh, Red Cake in my Bruce Weaver pot that I just got the other day. So 
But the, the wife doesn't allow me to smoke inside, so I'm taking it easy right now. Man, totally, totally understandable. Russ, uh, man, we're, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we want to make sure you stay in good graces with all the appropriate authorities. Um, it's very, <laughs> very, very, very important. Right. We, uh, yeah, if, man, you uh, being uh, the Virginia fan that you are, it sounds like the red cake is coming in handy tonight. Um, we always love that. Um, just tell us a little bit about kind of where you're from and where you live now and what you do and all that, Russ. Uh, yeah, I, I guess um, I claim Jackson, Mississippi as my home. I grew up um, kind of on right down the road from the Squire. I went to school, Spanel Elementary, and went to Woodland Hills Baptist Academy. No way. And then, yeah, and then my family, we moved out to Clinton and uh, went to high school in Clinton. And, uh, you know, my, my family's from Waynesboro, which is a little town, you know, kind of south of Meridian, yeah. or, uh, east Floral. But um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's where I'm from. I call it home. I live in Savannah, Georgia now. Uh, I um, I went to Mississippi State and got uh, several degrees in aerospace engineering, which has taken me all over the world. I'm working for a bunch of companies. I'm working for Gulfstream Aerospace in Savannah. We design uh, business jets for the uh, rich and famous, and uh, it, that's a lot of fun. It, it's a uh, it's it's allowed me to see a lot of places that you know otherwise I wouldn't have seen. So, have you received the order yet from Bo for the Country Squire Radio uh, jet? Has that yeah? I was going to ask through yet? if my rich and can, famous can, jet. can we just make sure it's got the the you know latest TV technology? I mean, <laughs> I, I, we don't want to you know t- 1080p just isn't That's good right. enough anymore. That's right or, for all the movies that John yeah, David watches. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll we'll get you guys a G650. Yeah, you need right. the top of the line. So that, that sounds about right. That sounds good. <laughs> plat, plat, platinum uh, toilet seat is optional, though. You, you can you know you can work with that. We have had gold toilet seats uh, requested. So wow, who are things. these people? I, like I, really, who are yeah. a presidential candidate? Yeah, Donald probably Trump. right. <laughs> 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 that's fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Well, Russ, man, we love that you're from the hometown, man. How did you discover the show? Uh, you know, I was, uh, I'm a longtime listener of the Pipes Magazine radio show that Dr. Brian Levine yeah. does. And, uh, so he, he's a, he's a great person and I love his show. And I was, I was sitting out, uh, in, uh, Los Angeles. We were out doing a wind tunnel test and I was sitting out there at a hotel and I was like, man, I'm going to listen, you know, listen to the show. And then one night you guys came on and I was like, wow, this is kind of neat. And then you said that you were from Jackson, Mississippi. And I was like, Oh my goodness. I said uh, to myself, I thought, well, certainly pipes are dead in Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) And and here you guys were. And not only was I wrong, I mean, it was the, one of the stores I used to shop at when I was in college. And uh, you're like, that place didn't burn down like 15 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you know, I mean, when, when, when we moved to Jackson, it was right before the flood. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so I, you know, I remember I used to go down to the quarter all the time. I actually proposed my wife in front of poets right down there next to where you Is that are. right? And uh, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like going back home. And uh, That's really cool. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad the store's, you know, it's still there and it's it's, it's doing so well. Um, you, know, you guys weren't my tobacconist when I was living there. I, I I worked at the you're, Metro Center. You're a tinderbox guy. High school. <laughs> yeah, I, I, right. I, I, I went to the tinderbox there. And uh, yeah, actually, I worked at the Metro Center. I ran that movie theater that's now torn down. Yeah. I, I was a 
ticket taker and a doorman and a projectionist. And, and that's really where I learned to smoke my pipe, you know, sitting up in that projection booth hour after hour. There was nothing to do. And I would I would smoke and do my homework. And uh, so, yeah, that's uh, – but, yeah, those guys at the tinderbox, man, they – they were they were tough on me. You know, they didn't like me smoking aromatics and stuff like that. They used to get on to me. They did, they didn't have a lot of time for that kind of thing. That's yeah. no good. <laughs> no man, they were they were the ultimate, you know, Latakia snobs, and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But they they did eventually convert me over. So that's great. That's great. Well, you know, we uh, we're really excited to have you on the show, uh, getting to connect with you in New Orleans, of course. But um, you know, one of the things coming to learn about you is. You not only are you a pipe smoker, but you're also an extremely gifted artist, man. How did you get into to drawing? Uh, you know, I I've been drawing ever since I could remember. I, I think my my parents tell me stories of you know parading me around, uh, you know, to their friends with this three year old who could you know draw Popeye, you know, and um, it's just one of those things. That I never remember not having a pencil in my hand, so I. I started at a real young age, and like I said, I was really interested in, in Popeye, and obviously he's got a pipe, and uh, so I was always, I mean, I was drawing a pipe at age three, <laughs> So, and but then it just turned into other things, you know, I used to watch uh, Saturday morning cartoons like we all used to, I was really into the Smurfs, and then comic books, got into manga and anime later on in high school or grade school. And I was, I, you know, I was just that kid in high school that always, you know, drew stuff. You know, if they needed something drawn, I would do it. And so um, I, I really thought I would be an artist. I, <laughs> it's funny because my seventh grade math teacher, this was at Woodland Hills, she told me that uh, I don't think she used the word idiot, but she meant that. <laughs> that I was an idiot and I would never get out of high school. And I told her, I said, it doesn't matter. I, I don't really care. I'm going to be a comic book artist. You know, and uh, so you know, that's funny because now I have, you know, I, I, I never thought I would use algebra or calculus. I and mean, I you have to use it every day, unfortunately. Right. And uh, and I have a minor in math and uh, multiple engineering degrees. Right. And, I was about to say, you're an aerospace so engineer would, and, a, and an artist, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, know who that teacher yeah. was, well, but like, I really take wanted that. to get into, into comics, you know, professionally at a high school. And it just didn't. It didn't work out, and uh, which is uh, partly my fault. I didn't, I really didn't know enough to, to break in properly, and I, I kind of wish I'd have done that. You know, really pursued it more. But yeah, I fell in love with airplanes, and I just kind of took that route. And uh, so it wasn't until much later. I kind of took twenty years off of drawing. It wasn't until my my daughter started expressing an interest in drawing. That I, I kind of picked it back up, yeah. you know, from a hobby type point of view, and that's what I've been doing for the past, you know, six seven years. Oh man, it's your your stuff is absolutely gorgeous. In fact, you know, um, I, I believe I, I might have referenced it on a previous show of uh, CSR, but uh, you, you did some uh, some artwork. Of course, I've got a, a web comic that I do with a buddy of mine called The Brogues, and uh, where we take kind of a, a stylized and, and parody version of some DC comic book villains. And uh, and you've taken you you first took one and then you ended up taking all three and just doing this amazing like you know could have just picked it up off of the shelves at your local comic shop type of cover yeah uh, and it's just it's gorgeous stuff man so I've been blown away oh cool I'm glad glad you like it I mean that <clears throat> that um, that web comic is you know it's quite clever and very witty and I think uh, your, your buddy what's his name Matt Bell Bell, Bell that's right that draws it. 
Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I mean, I, I really like his style, and I, I like what you guys are doing with it. So it was kind of fun. I hope I didn't destroy the uh, the entire vibe of the thing by oh, not at know, all. Over detailing it. But. No, but in all fairness, you did. Uh, Bell felt a little. Uh, uh, he was like, "Oh man, did he feel <laughs> like, kind of challenged?" Well, yeah, it's like, oh, that's what a real artist looks like. <laughs> but no, Bell does. Uh, Bell does a wonderful job, and and we take kind of a stylized approach. But no, absolutely, man. Bless your, his heart. Right, your art is awesome. I'm kind of curious what what would you consider kind of some of your stylistic influences? Oh wow. Well, I mean, my style is really you know Western comics, which is um, you know kind of a detailed. It's fairly detailed, but um, what you'll notice in Western comics, which is different than like Japanese, is that the line art has line weight variation. So what that means is it gets thinner and thicker as you move around curvature. Right. You'll see that in Western comics. And I really try to hold true to that type of style. Um, I, I try to put a lot of detail in what I'm doing. I mainly do pencils. That's what I'm comfortable with doing. Yeah. Uh, I don't really consider myself an inker or a colorist, even though I do that. Um, th- there are people that do that for their entire life and right. they're amazing at it. And, uh, they're not just so tracers. When, when you think about Western comics, you know, you really got a penciler and inker and a colorist hmm. that all kind of work together. And, um, and, and they do that so they can get a book out every month. I mean, you got to do 23 pages. Yeah. It's production you know, and stuff. And, right? and that's, that's what it's about. So it's really about speed and, you know, getting everything out there. Yeah. But, um, so that's kind of my style, but my, my influences, I mean, they go back from, you know, to growing up in, in Mississippi, my grandfather's drugstore, he, w- he was a pharmacist and he had a spinner rack with comics. And I used oh, to man. just sit up there all day, every day over summer, and just pouring over these books and drawing out of them. And, you know, guys like uh, Ditko and John Romita Sr. and Jack Kirby, and uh, later on, you know, John Romita Jr., who did yeah. a lot of Marvel stuff. Yeah. And then uh, John Buscema. I mean, those guys really were kind of the core of, of what I was looking at, and, and they were also the influence of the people that I really liked, which later turned out to be, you know, your image guys, like your Mark Silvestri and Jim Lee. And uh, so when I saw Mark Silvestri in X-Men for the first time, you know, I was just blown away. As a matter of fact, Mark Silvestri is probably still my favorite artist. I mean, he, out of all those guys, I feel like he just has command over the the style the best so um and and he spawned all you know your modern comic artists like your dave finches and your michael turner and people like that so i mean i i really draw my influence from those guys and there are a ton of new young artists and even you know like like your greg capullo who's doing batman now or your joe matarera or uh you know humberto ramos or all those guys j scott campbell and and i i try to pull from from everything I see, I mean, you, you want to steal from everybody if you can. <laughs> well, what I love is that it's it's so clear, and and it, you you kind of uh, represent or embody kind of the the cross between two passions of mine, which is kind of comic books, comic book art, and then also pipe smoking. And actually, right now, I've I've got a couple of your pieces pulled up. Um, and and if if uh, if you'll allow us, kind of like to talk through them a little bit. You've got one that appears to be kind of like a swamp thing. Uh, c- creature smoking a pipe. Do you know of which I'm talking oh, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little <laughs> bit about that piece and uh, and kind of what the inspiration was and and what what you were uh, hoping to accomplish there. So, I, I you kind of touched on uh, monstrosity pipes last week with Oli Sylvester. Oli is a dear friend of mine, and uh, I met Oli through um, 
rock star pipes uh james jake cochran i think who uh um owns Rockstar. he turned me on to Oli and said hey you really got to check this guy out and i got in touch with him and we started talking it turned out Oli had you know gone to the savannah college of art and design he's a fine artist in his own right i mean the guy is just brilliant and uh that that piece you're talking about is called the bog beast and it goes mm-hmm. with a you know with a pipe that he he made and the pipe is amazing it's got this coating on it that when you smoke it and the bowl heats up, it, it warms up almost like flesh. And uh, <laughs> it's just incredible. And I have I have one of these pipes and I was smoking it and I called him up and I was like, Oli, I said, This is this is just pure genius. I said, I just love smoking this thing. And and it he you know, he comes from uh, you know, a, a real pipe uh, background. I mean he, he studied under Todd Johnson. Yeah. He can make amazing pipes. I mean, he could he could make a beautiful pipe if he wanted to, and he's just he's just brave enough not to conform to everybody else's <laughs> um, you know, idea of what a pipe should be. So 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 this piece was actually commissioned by Oli to go with that Bog Beast series, and I I did it all in pencil. Obviously, the you look at it, and it's kind of a swamp thing meets Groot meets yeah yeah you know, something in in Savannah or Louisiana and. So, and I think I named it, I grow my own. So whatever's in his bowl <laughs> is, uh, is <laughs> homegrown. Picked it off of his shoulder, but, maybe. Yeah. So, and this is kind of a neat piece too, because it's all pencils and I, I didn't do any inking. I, I just uh, digitally leveled wow. the pencils to get them to the darkness I wanted and digitally colored it in Photoshop. And uh, so the, the, the pencils go pretty quick. I'm pretty slow at coloring. It's not really my forte, but you know, I, I spent a ton of time on this piece. I'm pretty proud of it too. Oh, I, I really like the way it turned out. It's extremely compelling. I, I love it, man. It, it's just, um, <laughs> it actually, I think this one in particular and the next one too, that we're about to talk about were kind of inspirations for us even wanting to do kind of a sinister pipes, yeah. um, uh, for, for this, this year's Halloween special. But the, the next one is, um, it's Medusa or, or a Medusa like, uh, creature, who is smoking a very sinister pipe. Tell us a little bit about this one. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the first one that I did out of the series and uh, um, only wanted, you know, a Gorgon. And obviously Medusa has been done a million times. And and I was trying to figure out, well, how am I going to do this and kind of make it different? And um, But at, at the end of the day, you know, you've got this lady with snakes on her head and you're trying to make her beautiful, but not at the same time. <laughs> right. So that Terrifying. Was, that was kind of what I was going for here. But what really turned out of this more than anything else is when I, when Oli saw it, he, he liked the layout and, and everything a lot. He, he thought it was great. But when he saw it, he said, George, I, I, Russ, I've got to make that pipe. <laughs> and um, I've got to make exactly that pipe. And I, I was like, well, okay, well, you know, one day you need to do that. And every time we look at this, he, he's always looking at that pipe saying, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I just got to figure out how to make it. And uh, so I, I like the fact that, you know, you got a pipe carver and you, you drew this picture and, and you're really proud of it, but the pipe in it, he actually wants to make. So right. <laughs> hopefully I can maybe buy it from him when he does it. Cause yeah. I, I like it. Man, the thing <laughs> is, I bit, mean, so. it's very spiky. You, you got to imagine if you were to hold this pipe, you'd, you'd have to hold it by the stem because the bowl <laughs> would be like, you know, <laughs> would hurt your hand to even hold. Oh yeah, well, and if you if you've seen any of his pipes, and I have a I have a ton of his pipes. One of them has like a razor blade 
attached to it, a saw blade rather. And, uh, you know, when I smoke it, I've got to be really careful and things, you know, poking out of all of them. But all the pipes are really functional. I think it's so amazing. Even when I look at them, I think, eh, I'm scared of scared of smoking this thing. <laughs> but they, they all work. And uh, so hopefully, I, y'all, y'all were talking last week about his uh, corncob pipe, that, the, the maze. Yes, right, I love that pipe that had the stuff sticking out of it. And this kind of reminds me of that a little bit mm-hmm. with the barbs. So. Yeah, but that's what that's what this one was about. Yeah, I I really like the way the snakes turned out. They look pretty yeah, organic and very so. and like you know, you have to, you know, I, I think about uh, you know, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally, Marty. You have to think three dimensionally <laughs> when you're dealing with all of these kind of snakes that are kind of coiling in and out and on top of each other to make up the uh, the gorgon's hair. And uh just just beautiful work, man. And then uh finally we have uh one of a witch uh, probably, I'm, I'm assuming, kind of during Salem witch trials, who is being burned to the stake. However, in the midst of this, she's casting some sort of uh, horrific spell while smoking on what appears to be kind of like a like a clay church warden. Yeah, it it, it turned out to be that way. You know, the clay pipe would stand all the. Uh, it's ceramic, I guess. It would stand all the heat. Right. But um, yeah, so you 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 got it right on. He, what Oli sent me a pipe, and it it really looked like you know, a pipe that had been burned at the stake. It had this coating on the outside of it that looked like crusted bone. And, uh, <laughs> said, and, and he had called it Strega from Formosa. And I, I was like, well, um, you know, I, I've got to do, you know, some image of a witch, you know, and it, she's got to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, when I got finished with it, I, I was trying to spice it up and I put that demon coming out of her, her left hand. And of course you have to have, you know, some, some amount of blood sacrifice to make this happen. So that's sure. what's going on there. And yeah. So, you know, and that's part of comic art. You're, you're just always trying to throw in little things that catch your eye, little details that people will identify with. And, you know, you keep working it until, you know, you're happy that, you know, you've got everything in there that is going to catch somebody's eye and enough detail. So, and th- this one, interestingly enough, was, was pretty challenging because when I first did it, I got all the colors and everything in there and it just didn't look to me like it was on fire. Hmm. And, uh, so I ended up having to go in and do all of this color dodging to get that, those, you know, oranges and stuff to to lighter, lighter up. And then I ended up actually going in and painting all the crackle. You can see it kind of going up. And and once once I finally did that, I said, Hey, yeah, this, this looks real and feels feels real so this was a challenging piece it definitely it took me to my limits on digital coloring so i should have hired a professional colorist for man it's 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 gorgeous i mean there's so much motion and energy that's going on i mean you talk about the fire just the um, smoldering yeah and just the the light the the bright whiteness as it kind of connects to the wood and and you know the embers as they kind of fly up into what's clearly the wind kind of blowing around maybe even a little bit of rain uh that's going on this it's just it's gorgeous man all, all of your work honestly just just speaks to me and uh the fact that you've oh, kind of thanks. chosen to to incorporate especially these pieces that that the pipe kind of plays a big part is is so very cool uh so tell us man, how did you get into pipes yourself well um like i said my grandfather owned the drugstore and um he he was the only pipe smoker that i knew and he didn't smoke much and i, I remember sitting around you know, every summer begging him, please, granddaddy, light up your pipe, please, please. And I'd go smell the tobacco. He had, I, I think we had uh, 
Captain Black White on the shelf, and, yeah. and probably some Borkum Riff and Half and Half, and maybe some Prince Albert. But he mainly smoked that Captain Black White. And I remember going in the back, opening the drawers, and I'd open that little pouch and I'd smell it as a kid, and I just thought it was amazing mm-hmm. smelling. And um, and I couldn't get enough of it, really. You know, you you, you smell that stuff and you kind of want to eat it. I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> that's as a kid I happens was to me every day, brother. <laughs> by tobacco, and. Um, you know, and he had your normal drugstore pipes, like your Medicas and K Woodies and uh, Missouri Meerschaum, basically. And, and he had a few of them stuffed in the back that he would smoke. And he always uh, lit it with a match. And he would, I remember he would light it, light that match, and the match, he'd suck it in and blow that match, you know, up. And the flame looked like it was a foot tall. And I always thought that was the coolest. And uh, I could only get him to smoke a pipe maybe once or twice a summer. And I just was in love with it. Now, he he died when I was 15. <clears throat> so, and and you know when you're when you're that age and you have a death of a parent, that's you're kind of old enough to know and, and really be hurt by it. And so that really stuck with me. Uh, it, it really changes your life when that happens at, mm-hmm. at an age like that. And the thing I asked my grandmother is like, I wanted my grandfather's pipes, and so she gave them to me, and I had them, and I always thought about him. And so as a young person, I shouldn't say how young, I, I really, to connect, kind of connect back with him, I wanted to smoke my pipe, and I did. And so I started, you know, at a very young age. I've been smoking probably, I guess it's 28 years now. So, and you're um, 29. And so I, that, I just that never stopped. And, but that, that's really how, how I got into it. It was really my grandfather. And, uh, and at, of course, at the time, I was into all the other things that you're into like uh, uh, The Hobbit or Sherlock Holmes. I remember, you remember the, the Hobbit animated movie? Oh, the yes. The 1977 movie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, I, I was really into that. <clears throat> I think I, I made my own corncob pipe, too, when I was a kid. I made, you know, like a, the Popeye type thing. I, I got my own piece of corncob, and I put a bamboo stem on it, and I think I I probably stuck chewing gum in it or something. <laughs> and um uh, so, but you know, it's kind of, kind of like that. I, uh, it's, you know, I, as I got older, I, I, it, it took me a while to really learn about smoking. I took it very seriously, even at when I was getting into high school. I started asking myself, you know, well, why are you doing this? And you, you would get tongue bite, or things wouldn't work right, or you couldn't keep your pipe lit, and all those stuff. So I started to analyze it really critically. And ask myself, you know, why am I doing this? And I, I finally figured out, you know, I was really doing this for taste and smell. And so when I when I made that discernment that, yeah, I, I want to connect with my past and all that, but this is really amazing. And the taste, I've never tasted anything quite like this. And that you're doing it for taste and smell. My whole focus hmm. of it changed. And the whole world of different pipes and tobacco kind of just opened up to me. Hmm. And it's been, I mean, it's been a lifelong journey after that. I, I, I mean, nearly 30 years of it. So, Well, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the, the taste and the smell. I got to imagine as an artist and, uh, and somebody who, uh, you know, who incorporates the pipe so heavily into your artwork. It, do, you, do you go to a certain blend when you're going to a certain piece? Like, I guess what I mean is if you're trying to convey something in a, in a certain, um, certain sketch or certain work of art, do you have uh, blends kind of set aside for that particular muse? Man, I, I, I wish I did. I 
I really haven't connected art and pipe smoking, you know, until I started meeting these artists and carvers like Oli and others. And um, I, I don't smoke a lot when I draw. Drawing just takes mentally for me. It's it's hard, and I spend a lot of time thinking. And what I've noticed is when I when I'm really drawing and trying to do really detailed line work or really delicate line work, you know, my pipe goes out because I just <laughs> I get so focused on what I'm doing. Um, what I do find is I can sit outside and sketch ideas, thumbnails. You know, when you're when you're drawing a big piece, you're going to draw a big piece, and you got right. an idea for it. You want to draw it really small, and I, I mean like one by two inch small, so you don't spend a lot of time figuring out your composition and your layout and all that. And I will sit for you know hours smoking a pipe, drawing thumbnails of things in different poses and anatomy, and so. I find the pipe really helps there. Once I have the idea, usually I take it into the studio and I kind of blow it up and really start to refine my line weight and get really, really tight. And and then, the, the like I said, the pipe doesn't come inside with me. So, yeah, unfortunately, no. And uh, But it, I wish I, maybe I should try to do that and hook a blend with a mood or something. But pretty cool. I, like I told John David, you know, for the last 10 years, I've, I've been like a, a one-note guy i've been a virginia you know every virginia known to man i've smoked and have <laughs> you know hundreds and hundreds of tens of virginia i think i think i counted like three or four hundred tens in the cellar of just virginia <laughs> they they have a uh, they have therapy groups that you know help with these things so <laughs> oh i know <laughs> might be something I, to look at uh, well what is it well, russ about you know we you, we had the pleasure of having you at the shop uh there shortly after the new orleans pipe show and uh man just you know again you kind of gifted us with some of your work and we got to connect and um in just a whole host of ways you're certainly one of those people you meet and immediately feel like you've known for you know 20 years but um you know what is it about Virginia pipe tobacco that speaks to you so much? Well, I, I guess I got to go back and say, you know, I, I smoked aromatics for about five to eight years and I got to where I could really smoke them. I could keep them going, keep them dry, even in Mississippi humidity uh, by drying them out. I could get a taste that I really liked because I really wanted to learn how to smoke those properly without getting my bowl too hot. Yeah. Um, I was talking about the tinderbox. The guys at the tinderbox gave me so much grief about aromatics that I ended up switching over to English blends. And I, I spent a decade uh, essentially smoking Latakia blends, English blends with Oriental. I, I smoked a lot of Frogmorton. I love McClellan's. I, I can't say that enough. Um, I, I love their Virginias more than their Latakias, but I, I spent a lot of time with with uh, McClellan products anyway and i smoked a lot of frog morton mm -hmm. um so and, and even even back then it seems like oh, we had some you know like balkan sobrani and and things like that that they were selling there that i didn't i wish i'd have bought 110 to that but um but anyway so i did i did my 10 years of latakia and i just don't smoke it anymore <laughs> you, I, I, did, you did your time of course and and i went up to the pipe and pint in north carolina and the guy turned me on to this blend that he he put together that was a, some Virginias. And I bought a I remember what's it Paul Tatum was a carver up there. He's an aerospace engineer was at NASA Langley. And I bought one of his pipes and I smoked that Virginia and it was so complex yet so subtle. The complexities were subtle 
Uh, but there was just so much taste in there. And it, and it reminded me of what a tobacco should be like, a, a very natural uh, flavor. And um, and that kind of started me, you know, probably 2004, 2005 time frame. And yeah. I have never looked back. Um, there's so much complexity in a Virginia blend that all these little – and it is subtle. And I think you've got to learn if you're expecting a flavor explosion or things like that. That's right. It's not going to happen. But the, the more you slow down and really analyze what you're tasting and, you know, keep your palate um, – moist with some water or tea, uh, something just to bring out the flavor. There's so many ways. I I could give you tons of ideas about how I bring flavor out. But like I said originally, my whole goal with pipe smoking is a cool, dry, flavorful smoke. I don't care about keeping the pipe lit. I don't care about going from the top of the bowl to the bottom anymore. Mm. You know, I, I work on keeping the temperature the same throughout the bowl so I can maximize my flavor. And um, and I just found Virginia's allowing me to do that, and it, it's it's just been a wonderful experience, really. Listening to you that afternoon uh, at the Country Squire Russ talk about uh, the taste of Virginia tobaccos, the complexity and chasing it was it it it, remi- it, it made me think of if I, if I was having a conversation. Uh, with Einstein about uh, you know general relativity <laughs> or something like it like like trying to describe the beauty of it and the complexity of it and yet you know the simplicity of it and all these things it was just like you know you, you could see it in your eyes as a sparkle you know <laughs> it, it was really something in the and I was struck I think that day by you know we were uh, rec- we are recently having our long smoke competition here in Jackson and uh, we had a long smoke competition in New Orleans as well and uh, you know so we were, there were some people I think around the shop talking about how they keep their pipe lit and all this stuff and and you that wasn't that's as you just mentioned that's not really a high uh, item on your priority list is keeping your pipe lit because you're chasing the flavor so in, intently. That's you know you, you're you're sitting down to to taste the pipe because you know that's what you like about it. So kind of talk to us about that that secondary thing that keeping your pipe lit kind of kind of what that means for you. Yeah, well, you, you know when you when you when you get the literature the pamphlet from Tinderbox and says you must smoke your pipe from the top of the bowl to the bottom and you must develop a cake and all these things. And don't get me wrong. I am, I'm a firm believer in having a, a, a good cake in the bowl. I think it makes a difference in seasoning a pipe and breaking it in properly. But, um, what I was, what I was doing is I was killing my tongue trying to get from the top to the bottom. And I was, I thought I was a complete failure with super damp. <laughs> the humidity of the tobacco I was smoking at the time was completely wrong. And there was just literally no way with 100% humidity in Mississippi air that I was going to get from the top of the bowl to the bottom yeah. without, you know, a huge mess. And I struggled with that for a while. And I said, and I, I said okay, well, Russ, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and it hit me, you know, even as a kid, it hit me, I should be able to do this differently. So if I want to keep this burning, maybe I need to dry it out some. And, there, you know, back in the day, we're talking – late eighties, early nineties, it was, it was hard to get information prior to the internet. You couldn't just go and get anything. So you were kind of on your own. And, uh, like I said, all I had were the guys at the tinderbox telling me, you know, yeah, you got to smoke English. And I said, well, I really want to make this, this, this work, this aromatic work. And I did, I would, I would leave, I would go to school and I'd leave my tobacco 
out on the table and let it air out for like three or four days. <laughs> and I would put it in there. And sure enough, it, it, it would be, it, it would eventually dry out. Some, sometimes it took weeks. Sometimes some of the stuff never dries that out. That propylene and glycol, man, it's, it's potent. <laughs> it, it is. And then you can take, you know, I was taking hair dryers and, and heat guns and stuff and drying the stuff out. But I eventually got to where it would work. Sometimes I would get it too dry. And when I would get it too dry, I would moisten it back up by packing the bowl and then putting my mouth over the bowl and blowing hot air, hot moist air, just a little bit into it, which is kind of a, maybe a weird thing to say, but that's what I would do to re-moisten it because I, I would notice some of the flavor would come back. And eventually I got to where I could burn it from top to bottom. And I, I, I thought, well, this is really unorthodox and I'm not reading about any of this in the literature, but it's working for me. So I'm just going to, going to do that. But I noticed that even when I would go from top to bottom, I, it wasn't that satisfying. The, the top of the bowl would taste better. The middle would taste okay. And then by the time you got to the bottom, it would get really hot. And there are a bunch of reasons I, I think that happens that I've thought about much more. But eventually, I just gave up on it and said, you know, I just want, to, I want it to taste good. And I want to enjoy it. And when I did that, my pipe smoking enjoyment just went, you know, skyrocketed. So yeah. yeah. You, you, you get enough I, of I the just, fundamentals. I hate it when I see other guys, you know, struggling with it, and they feel they feel the way I did when I was a kid. And so, hmm. hopefully, that helps somebody. Uh, <laughs> absolutely, I do have to say, I have, uh, I, I have, I have swiped your technique of rehumidifying tobacco. Uh, when it is in the bowl <laughs> and uh and there there's something about the the easy simplicity of just placing your mouth over the top of the bowl uh for just a few moments before you light your pipe and breathing some air into the bowl and you may look like a complete fool but you will have a perfectly humidified bowl of tobacco well i might try that for the next <laughs> long smoke competition that sounds good well uh, russ man we really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit about your craft and also how kind of the pipe is played into it let me ask you do you take commissions or are you just kind of strictly let your muse fly i i, I do you know i i don't really i don't go out and ask for them but they seem to come to me um i guess the last big set of things i did we, we did a uh, living here in Savannah, which is one of the supposedly most haunted places in America, we did a uh, a book. One of my friends is the author, and he was the uh, he, he ran the ye old tobacco shop and verderies here in town for years and years, and that's how I met him. He's a I guess he had I think he has his PhD in theology. He was a preacher, and uh, he wrote this the ghost story book. And it talks about all the legends in Savannah, the ghost story legends. And he asked me to illustrate it. So that's, you know, that that came up. You can get that on Amazon. It's uh, called Historic Haunts of Savannah. And it's pretty cheap. It's only like 10 bucks. So some of my work's in there. Check that out. Um, uh, as far as, like, commissions, if somebody wants something, man, I, I'm, I'm game uh, anytime. Usually, as, as far as prices and stuff, it depends on what they want, how detailed and, and all that. But... You know, I I really try hard to please whoever whoever the customer is to give them what they want. So yeah. if anybody's interested, they can you know certainly contact me um, by email or or whatnot. Well, that's awesome, man. We'll we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes for this episode, as well as with your permission, some of the artworks that we've uh, discussed this episode as well. Yeah, no, that's that sounds great. 
Awesome. Well, Russ, man, thanks for uh, for listening to the show. But man, more importantly, thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Yeah, well, I had a had a great time. Thanks, guys, and keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Will do. We appreciate you, brother. Man, Russ is such a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, I love Russ. I, I just it, like I said, it's one of those things when you you know interact with him, you really do feel like you've kind of met someone you've known your whole life. And uh, yeah, he's just he is so incredibly uh, knowledgeable about pipes. But he's he's an engineer as well as an artist at, at heart. And so I know. you know he he's thought so specifically and precisely about uh, the the ways to enjoy your pipe and and why you may not be or may maybe you are and how to keep it lit but also the importance of that and yeah. you can tell as he's discussing like the the elements of uh the leaf structure and the moisture and he he described his uh the the way he packs a pipe when he's doing a long smoke competition how he uh, selects certain leaves to put in first before he does others and it's, man it's just such a beautiful mind that uh you know can take that complexity and and boil it down what well, his approach too about kind of establishing what do you what are you wanting to accomplish because whatever that is that should be kind of your focus when yeah, you come to the pipe man that's absolutely that should be a lesson to all of us so good so I, good i love that very much yeah look man we appreciate russ we appreciate uh his amazing artwork and hey, if you are into comic books yourself, guess what? If you head over to Audible, you could actually find several books about comic books. You know, it's not visual over there. It's all audio, but that's okay because you can kind of get into the industry and all kinds of wonderful things. Head over to audibletrial.com slash CSR today to get yourself a free audio book. That's audibletrial.com slash CSR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week this week is brought to us by Lane One Q. Ow! Celebrating 125 years of quality tobacco and unbeatable service. Man, you and I, we were uh, cracking up a little Lane One Q earlier today. Yeah, yeah, really nice. Did you enjoy your bowl? Beautiful smoke. I got to tell you, Lane One Q is a wonderful uh, tobacco to, it's, it's a great entry level tobacco. I That's think right. For most people, they, they have had some version of Lane One Q, if not specifically Lane One Q. 
as their first smoke. And man, you cannot pick a better tobacco to kind of get your entry level. You know, when we were in New Orleans, I took you to the gumbo shop. That's right. And I said, this is a good entry level gumbo. Right. And you're you're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I said, because once you've had this, you know what gumbo is supposed to taste You'll get it. Yeah, exactly. In in many respects, Lane 1Q is exactly that. Once you've had Lane 1Q, you know exactly what tobacco is supposed to taste like. It's a great entry tobacco. So we do definitely thanks to good folks at Lane, and we encourage you to check out Lane 1Q. All right, Max and me. Maxime. All right. <laughs> Maxime Lesage says, uh, hey, folks, what about mouth care after pipe smoking? Should you use a filter, et cetera? Explain. Yeah, I, that's a good question. You know, mouth care uh, after pipe smoking, typically, uh, you know, kind of what you're what you're getting at, I think, is, okay, uh, you know, is, is the tongue, is the, does your tongue bite after, you know, you are smoking your pipe or do you have kind of a residual uh, flavor in your mouth or things like that? Uh, you know, I do think to some degree filters can help with that. Uh, my experience is that a filter mostly is going to help with the moisture. Uh, it's not really removing as much, you know, particles as it as it is just straight up moisture. Uh, that's just from personal experience. So I think, uh, you know, a filter will help you with tongue bite. Uh, mouth care, you know, after I would stay away from anything super fizzy, uh, any kind of, you know, some people swear they say, you know, that things like, you know, Coca-Cola and, uh, you know, Dr. Pepper and stuff that pick your soda of, of choice, but, um, you know, can help with tongue bite. Uh, that is the complete opposite for me. I, I tend to go towards uh, kind of warm, uh, more more smooth drinks, maybe like a tea or, or, or a coffee with some cream, um, you know, can, can generally help. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, caring for your mouth afterwards, uh, you know, be sure you're smoking a tobacco that doesn't light your mouth on fire. Um, and if that means that you need to, uh, you know, introduce a filter to help with the moisture problem, I think that's wise as well. So other than that, uh, take good care of your tongue and everything, brush your teeth and, um, yeah, enjoy your pipe. Great practices right there. (laughs) Well, we appreciate that pipe question. And Hey, if you've got a pipe question this week, if you've got a pipe question of the week, send it in CSR at potisteri.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions this week come in from H. Mitchell. Uh, all right, these are all professions. Okay. He gave us a lot of these, so this will actually cover this week and next week. Okay. All right. You yeah, ready these, for this? Yeah, these look interesting. Go ahead. Engineer or architect? They're very closer, closely related. Yeah. I think uh, I think there's enough right brain tendencies in me to go with the architect yeah i would think engineer would be more the internal architect more the external i mean to some extent they, they both kind of have a lot of overlap there yeah. but uh yeah i'm gonna go architect as well I, it just it seems more artistic i mean there's art, art and engineering yeah but like i just i like the idea of kind of designing a building and and such so i'm gonna go with architect Architect it is. Yep. Uh, studio musician or touring musician? I want to be on stage. Ooh. I want to be wearing really? a ridiculous costume on stage with face paint and big 80s hair and t- put me on tour. I don't believe you. I feel like you're <laughs> saying that for the comedic value. I don't know. I've never really thought about it. But tonight I'm going with touring musician. I would definitely be on stage. Yeah. You know me. If there's a spotlight, I'm r- racing towards You're it. Right. <laughs> I, just, I can't imagine you racing towards What did towards I refer spotlight. to you the other day as? A, a very lovable, huggable, huggable raptor. Velociraptor. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. <laughs> All right. Uh, chef or farmer? Uh, chef. I don't think I'm tough enough to be a farmer. Are chefs going to be mad if we say that chef is clearly the easier of the two jobs? Ooh. Yeah, Probably. 
But, I, I but at the same time, I mean, you know... As the, far as from a physical labor standpoint, you know... The farmer has to be there for, like, the birth of the cow and then rearing the cow and then, like, keeping the cow healthy and then fighting off diseases with the cow and then killing the cow. The chef gets, like, two seconds with the steak. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, we're going to put butter on this. <laughs> <laughs> Slap it with some butter, get some chives on it, done. I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, farmers have to get up at, like... Before seven, <laughs> it depends on what kind of chef you are. But yeah, no, you definitely chef. Yeah, did we agree on every single one of these? I think we did. Do we? Do we give out prizes for that? We talked about giving out prizes if you made us if if your quick fire questions led us to be on the same side. We should or revisit difficult. that. Yeah, yeah. What would that be? I don't know. Maybe a mm-hmm. wall of fame. I'm just trying to think of what <laughs> most cost effective prizes. <laughs> we can we'll name the uh weekly we'll name the uh seashell ashtray after you each week. Yeah, uh, something like that. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> That's good. Well, uh H Mitchell, we appreciate those quick fire questions. If you've got quick fire questions, send them in. CSR at potastery dot com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback this week. We've got some great listener feedback on iTunes that comes from The Gunslinger. What did The Gunslinger say? The Gunslinger on iTunes. He says, the ultimate pipe smoking podcast. Uh, You want funny conversation? Squire's got it. Uh, You want great informational discussion? Squire's got it. If you put a pipe in your mouth with any regularity, you should be listening to this show. Uh, Bo and JD are great, genuine guys with a passion and a delicious, for our delicious hobby. That's wonderful. Man, thank you so much, The Gunslinger. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we do do what we can to try to make this a special experience for you guys, but honestly, it's just fun hanging out. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Which is great. And and when I say that, I don't just mean you and me, although that's obviously the majority portion of it, but I mean like it's great hanging out with you guys, uh, both on air and off air. Those yeah. of you who tune in for the live show, it's really, really awesome. But also uh, those of you who engage with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and all that good stuff. We love getting that kind of feedback. And hey, be sure to watch out this week on Facebook in particular, um, as well as you know the our Pipe Tobacco Reddit community and otherwise. We have got next week coming up our Pipe Culture episode where we'll be discussing relaxation. You know, if you think back to earlier pipe culture episodes, we've been kind of doing a study of the four pillars of pipe culture as defined by you guys, by the listeners, as craftsmanship, thoughtfulness, recreation. And so next week we will be taking the final pillar of relaxation and we want to hear your stories. How does the pipe play into your relaxation man probably probably the most important piece of it for i would say a good chunk of our listeners man i yeah. it, definitely the reason why i got into it but yeah. we'll talk more about that next episode we yeah. hope to get your uh your comments and thoughts and we'll be posting that out on facebook probably make it a sticky uh you know pinned or uh, a comment or I, I don't know what you call it on facebook but one way or the other if you go to facebook page you'll be able to see it up at the top we'll uh, we'll ask the reddit community also to contribute as well with they're they're always awesome at uh, doing that mm-hmm. so uh, so look for that and hey you know what you can also email some thoughts in you can email the uh, show csr at potisteri.com uh, or tweet in your thoughts at squire radio you can of course follow me on twitter i'm at the real bow york i'm at john david cole and you can get us at the shop at, at underscore country squire and of course all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. If you are tuning in and listening to this podcast on your iPhone through iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. Love those iPhone uh, iTunes reviews. And hey, if you've got an Android smartphone device, we hope that you would uh, check out the new podcast player, Satchel. It's a wonderful podcast player that doesn't cost you a dime to get. There are absolutely no ads 
attached to that experience. And hey, if you are listening to us through Satchel and you enjoy this content, you enjoy the show, click that support button. You can help send us a few dollars to make this show happen and also help us test the support button on the Satchel application, <laughs> which uh, we just uh, upgraded. Please help us test the support button. No, it's, uh, it's, it's an added benefit. On the one hand, you help support the show that you love and also as the developer of that or, uh, you know, so the uh, I guess I'm a developer of that application. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one way or the other. You help us figure out whether or not that button works. So we, <laughs> we appreciate that as well. Uh, so anyway, I think that's going to do it for us for tonight. I think so, man. I had a great time. It was good talking with Russ, absolutely. man. I was I was love talking to people that really uh, know why they love to smoke a pipe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hey, like last thing before we officially sign out. Next week for the live show, we'll be doing things a little bit early because we will be back in the shop to discuss uh, pipe culture. So... Um, we'll be posting at that time. I think around 6.30-ish is, is kind of our goal. Yep. Uh, but look for that next week. And, of course, you can find that at countrysquireradio.com. Until then, JD, man, let's go have a night. See you, brother. You've been listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit Pottery.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.